Hey everyone, it's my podcast. This is my movie, and I'm on TV. Don't change the channel. I'll be right back with the news. Today's news: Paul Junior is famous and rich. Send him your money, and that's the news. Do 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 do. Channel one. Paul Junior, what are you doing? Recording my new show. Okay, well, are you finished? Because we got to start. We got to do the follow-up showdown. Yeah, the news just ended. I said all the news. Okay, great. Uh, Go to bed. No, 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 no. Wake up, wake up, wake up. What? Paul Junior, wake up. We're, we're doing the follow-up doing showdown it. today. You said you'd be the guest. We're doing the Homeward Bound episode. I said that. Yes, you. Many. I've double checked with you. Triple checked with you. I oh, I have got to punish myself. Why would I quit? Oh, well, my God. You can punish yourself later. Okay, we got to record. Uh, Travis and Lauren are waiting. Okay, you have two minutes. Oh, God. Okay. One million I'll minutes. let you know when it's two minutes. All One right. million minutes. All right, let's get started. Let's just get started. Continuing completed classics. Fulfilling failed franchises. Reinvigorating reviled rehashes. It's the follow-up show. Uh, hello and welcome to the follow-up showdown Paul Jr. edition. Uh, we are back before you had time to miss us. I am your host, Paul Getz. With me are my co-hosts, Travis McMaster and Lauren Picorni. Hi, guys. Ayo. Hi, Paul and Paul Jr. I can see the apple didn't fall far from the tree vis-a-vis planning, scheduling, and memory. Mm. Yes. What is this guy talking about? <laughs> He's talking about you and... And the you that I'm referring to, as many of you have definitely, hopefully put together, is our guest today, my dog, Paul Jr. Uh, My dog who refers to himself as a shark, Paul Jr. And uh, this is very exciting because this is, I believe, the first time that Travis and Lauren have spoken with you. I mean, they've met you, they've petted you, but, uh, you know, he uh, he doesn't like to admit it, but he's a little shy, so. It's true. It's also our first con- cross continental recording. That's that true. It, is it true. feels a lot. It feels a lot like recording under quarantine conditions <laughs> within the same city, <laughs> but sadder. There are similarities, but yes, they are now firmly in North Carolina. So unfortunately, you won't be getting those those pets as easily anymore, boy. So annoying. Makes yeah. us all very sad. Well, I send money. <laughs> Once we get some, we'll do that first. No, <laughs> you heard it here contract. first. That's a contract. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't be editing that out. So that is, you will be held to that. Um, so the movie we were talking about today is Homeward Bound Two: Lost in San Francisco, the 1996 sequel to the 1993 childhood classic uh, for me, Homeward Bound: The Incredible Journey. Well, I guess let's just start right there. How, you know, anybody want to talk about uh, how they first experienced this movie, their feelings on it, any of that? I think I probably saw it like in class on some activityless day or like summer camp or something. It feels like one of those movies that you always saw on a TV mounted on top of a wheeled structure rather than by choice at home. And I watched it a lot growing up. I was probably six when I first saw it a couple of days ago. 
You're eight. You're eight years old. Okay. You call yourself a host? You don't know anything. I don't like to talk about my age either, Paul Jr. I don't mind talking about it. I just don't like when other people say I'm wrong. Idiots. Idiots. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. It says very <laughs> early with the idiots, Paul Jr. And they didn't do anything. They're they're trying to help you. I'm talking about you, prepare. Yeah. Idiot. Okay. My experience with Homeward Bound is I, de- I think I saw in the theater. I know I saw the second one in the theater because I remember being disappointed even as a child. But I specifically remember with Homeward Bound being in the hospital. I don't remember why I was in the hospital, but I'll... I'll have to ask my mom is, you know, a children's hospital. And I do remember about that particular visit that I didn't want to leave. I really liked the children's hospital because, you know, they had all the bells and whistles. And my mom, my mom, t- my, the, only, the, only reason, the only reason I remember this is that my mom tells this story and is uh, from her perspective is like, it made her terribly sad to be there. And I was just like, this is great. They bring you food and, and you can watch any movie you want. And uh, specifically, my uh, request was Homeward Bound. My childhood hospital experience was much different. <laughs> Wait, okay. We're, we're going to talk about that. that yeah. <laughs> huh? Oh, no. I mean, I was uh, 12 and my appendix ruptured and encapsulated. And I hated hospitals and didn't go to them very often. So we went to the children's hospital at midnight, night of the Oscars, as I recall it. Wow. And, um, oh, you had to miss the Oscars? No. <laughs> it was after because it was midnight. I think <laughs> I, I was performing I that night. <laughs> I sang oh. my song that night, the Oscars. Lovely, yeah. lovely. I'm sure it was beautiful. Um, you did some quick math in your head there, Paul Jr., which year that was. <laughs> AJ. Yeah. I'm so sorry that happened, Lauren. Thank you. She's better now. You don't remember why you were in a children's hospital, but you also remember that you loved it? Here's one thing I remember loving. They brought me a big binder full of just movies, names of movies, anything I wanted to watch, and I picked Homeward Bound. But just being brought that was enough for me. (laughs) That feels very aristocratic, yeah. Yeah. What else Uh, they had? Oh, lots. And I also remember, I mean, I'd already seen it, but as a kid, you know, that's what you do. And okay, well, yeah, let's talk about this some more. Yeah, I was going to say, we can move past the hospital bits. And Welcome um, to hospital talk. <laughs> I, um, I did want to, let's stop for a second on, it seems yeah, like Travis stop. has some, no, no, we're, done. Here, no, we're not done. Thanks for listening. No, that was, it's not two minutes yet. You said you'd give two minutes, not even close. Um. Travis, uh, it seems like you have anti Homeward Bound feelings. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know, that was I was going for a cheap laugh, um, but yeah, <laughs> uh. I just got it. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. Uh, okay. so yeah, it's big with big with kids and dogs. Yeah. That joke. Yeah, but I no, I just I found because like unlike a lot of nostalgia movies when you revisit, I think this movie more than most what is for very young kids, Hmm. and there doesn't seem to be much there to go back to as an older person. I found my experience watching these movies to be very grueling, Hmm. and the least fun I've had having to watch something for this show. I have to agree, actually. Whoa. Yeah, the movie's kind of boring outside of seeing the animals being cute. 
Well, as someone who's pretty old when I first saw it, I was like 15. This was a couple of days ago I first saw it. It was really entertaining the whole time. <laughs> and sort of made for really mature adults like me, <laughs> growing up shogs. Uh-huh. And, oh, I could just go on. Oh, don't let us stop you. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> Okay. Everyone listen to my podcast and just go ahead, turn this off, turn it into the Paul Jr. Podcast TV movie episode show where every week I'm breaking down movies and swapping back laughs. <laughs> I could see certain things about this movie not holding up from childhood to adulthood. Really, you know, logic and uh, possibility and, uh, you know, like people acting normal. Yeah, that was uh, all a, perfect. In an extreme situation, those those sort of things aren't there. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't get bored. And regardless of my feelings on the full movie, which I, I did enjoy, the ending sequence in which the dogs and the cat return over the hill, you know, I have questions about the logistics of that situation, but I still find that scene to be terribly effective. Agreed. Uh, I, I was not, you know, above crying a lot. Yeah, we cried, both of us, me and Paul Jr. I was weeping like a little baby. Yeah, yeah. Which part got you the most, Paul Jr.? Well, they had said that they hadn't eaten (laughs) in a while. And I I just can't even think about it now. I'm so hungry. You're not hungry. You've had your breakfast. I've eaten in minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could eat. (laughs) Should we just stop? Okay. All right. Do you guys want to get a pizza? Well, he's not allowed <laughs> to have pizza, so yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I'll just have no, Oh, well, well, we can all have um, dry-ass dog food together, I guess. Yeah, dry dog food. There you go. We can have that. Spaghetti. No, not spaghetti. Spaghetti and flies. I'm surprised that this didn't go down smoother for you guys. The second one... Okay, well, I don't want to get too far ahead. I also, now that you've mentioned pizza, I immediately want to talk about Sasso's Pizza... Oh, my God. Uh, But before we do that, we got to do the minutes. To Travis McMaster Minutes. Uh, Are you ready, Travis? (laughs) Well, as always, Mm -hmm. we offer to the guest first, Paul Jr., if you want to take a crack at the minutes. So describe... Okay. (laughs) That's how it usually goes. It's not that fast, but it usually goes that way. Yeah, well, he also uh, slept through the second one, so uh, I, he would not be a good... Uh, the second one, I liked him. how short the second one was. Yeah. <laughs> it was like two minutes? No, no. Well, no, nope. remember, two minutes is a long time. We're not even close to two minutes yet. Travis, uh, you ready? Yeah. And go. Um. Okay, so there's three dogs, Chance, Shadow. Oh, no, there's two dogs, Chance and Shadow, and then Sassy the Cat. And they're part of this like family and the dad's gone and has the new dad has been married in. Um, and then the family is all going on like a vacation or something. And so they're leaving the cats at a, and the animals at an actual farm, which just sounds super suspect. And then they're like, oh, OK, we're going to leave now. And the animals are very stupid. No offense, Paul Jr. And they think they've been abandoned. And so they escape and they run across a forest, a large forest to their um, home. It's an incredible journey. And then they and then they just get there, and everything's fine. 
the kids were worried in the middle, but it like it ended up really fine. I actually, go back. Mm-hmm. No. Um, okay, Homeward Bound two, San Francisco doodly do. They um the family is trying to go on another vacation like camping, and uh, they have more money this time in the budget. So we get to see an escape sequence at the airport. The animals are freaking out because again they don't know what's happening, and they they leave. They escape their little kennels. Um, and then they're pretty much lost just in the city. And again, the family is worried while, while they're gone. And then they come back um, and then the animals find their way home and it's fine. Uh, and there's a gang of animals in the middle that they rumble with. Uh-huh. Sinbad's there. None of that happened. Okay. <laughs> I think All I right. got, I think I did it okay. You, it was a little loose, but I, you know, you it's a straight lots, line. And lots and lots of time left on the table. I'm not saying. Oh, Jean Smart was in the first one. Jean Smart on the farm um in the first one there's also a sequence where they smart (laughs) no one (laughs) you misheard okay in the first one there is a sequence where they get found because they help a little girl who's lost in the woods get found and then they go to a shelter where the family is supposed to come pick them up they escape that shelter and then run back to their original home in the second one the dogs they rumble with within that group there is a dog who chants falls in love with and then at the very end of the movie she finds her way to chance's home and becomes the fourth animal in the family and i would say that that's she's she's played by carla gugino and both her and jean smart played well actor. yeah (laughs) yeah in my mind, they were the same person that I remembered I was wrong. Still, but. mother daughter. Yeah. Uh, I confess that I did forget that all of those things happened. <laughs> oh, uh, they didn't. Well, <laughs> well, in the first one, you remember the kennel scene, right? With the. Uh, uh, they really fat shamed that one poor guard. They really <laughs> yeah. tried to make like. <laughs> yeah. a- so an enemy out of him for this one even though he's helping he yeah. wants to help but he's got like a, like didn't he have like a sandwich or a cigarette or something in she his goes, hand oh, or yeah. chow down chubby yeah like she's they, they <laughs> fat shamed they fat shamed joe jr in the yeah. second one yeah oh my god well, are we deserve the shame I we can't say. we're not talking about are we're not talking about the second one yet are we oh well okay let me breeze through there aren't many notes on this movie so we can get through yeah. these pretty quick so so most of the, what I found as notes was just all examples of how they were able to get the animals to do the stunts, you know, in a nice way. So that was nice to see. So my writer's notes on the first one written, well, the original novel it's based on is from Sheila Burnford. Uh, the last name Burnford is the uh, mother's maiden name at the beginning of the movie. That's a little nod to her, blah, blah, blah. Fine. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so the writers of the script, we got Linda Wolverton, who wrote Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. Um, and then we have Caroline Thompson, who wrote Edward Scissorhands, The Night Before Christmas, The Addams Family. Um, and she wrote and directed Black Beauty and Buddy. And me. Why, why wasn't this movie better? Well, I'm interested. I mean, I guess it, you've said it was boring. I don't know what further clarification I, I, I could get on, on the issues because I felt compelled when Sassy went down the river. I thought that was crazy. I thought Very the bear sad. scene was great. I thought the porcupine scene was great. Really, my only issue is I thought, and this is kind of uh, as you put it in the minute, it's unclear what's going on with the family. It seems at the beginning as if they're moving to San Francisco for the dad's job and they're giving the animals to the farm, but apparently... 
They're only going there for the dad's job for a little while because I didn't understand at all why they were back home at the end. I thought the whole time it was going to be the animals trying to go back home and then they get there and there's nobody there. It was such a beautiful metaphor. (laughs) For what? (laughs) Just the way the family goes and gobs and heaves and hobs. It was just a perfect movie. Beginning to end, the only thing I had to say about it was that they cut out a lot of scenes that I was in. So that was really messed up. Who did you play? I played uh, the guy. Oh. The other guy. It was two dogs, a cat, and a guy. <laughs> okay. I was the guy. So you wow, they cut out a lot of you. But you gotta see the director's cut. It's all me. Mm, mm. That does sound... Maybe they would have liked that better. I don't know. Um, I don't think I would have liked it less. Okay. Wow. Wow. Really a lot of hate for this movie. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, no, I don't want it to sound like I hate Homeward Bound. I just think like it's clearly for very a very young audience slash dogs mm-hmm. and um, other people just, you know, it gets a little dry. You just kind of like end up banging your head against the wall a little bit waiting for. This guy sounds like a moron. Okay. <laughs> Banging his head against the wall. <laughs> well, what an that, idiot. yeah, that wouldn't be great. That is a, uh, a saying. It's a turn of phrase. No. Okay. Well, see, I thought I thought what helped carry the mover, movie over the line for me was the voice work in the first one. Yeah. Michael J. slaughtering as usual. I mean, his delivery of lines like, get a life, get nine of them, expert. Sally Field. I didn't have any issue with her in the first one. She was maybe my biggest issue in the second one. Not her work, just her writing. Um, and I love Sassy as a character. And I, I got to give that cat. Why don't you marry Sassy then? <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, I intend to marry your mama. Who cares? <laughs> You'll be there. Sport. Okay. I mean, while talking about the voice work, Don, Don Amici. Uh, Amenchi? Don Amici. Menchi's Don Amici. <laughs> This you gotta was, go to Menchie. When what? you go to Menchie's, you gotta order the spaghetti special. They have this on Friday. Yes, <laughs> for the spaghetti weird. special, you say, I'll have the Paul Jr. They'll know what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get that. They ask you, okay, well, where do you want it delivered? You say, Paul Jr.'s house. Uh-huh. Just give it to him. Mm-hmm. They won't just give me the food right then. Can I say to my mouth? No, it wouldn't make any sense. This is just goes to show the types of... Uh, I was going to say the realism in the movie wasn't really there, but this your proof of the types of adventures and hijinks pets can get into when the owners aren't paying attention. So I feel like the realism was... that feel like, yeah, to Paul Jr.'s point, like that is how dogs are and that is how cats are. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got to give that cat props for her speed. Those fast um, little yeah. little kitty cat. I enjoyed seeing the uh, different, like you know, like the stunt cat, the stunt dog. Yeah, yeah, I did all stunts. Right, mm-hmm. those parts like, weren't cut. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, that yeah. physique is hard to uh, hard to miss. Did you could double for sassy? No, I have way too many abs. <laughs> uh, anyway, Don Amici was great. This was his final performance, and um, oh, he broke everybody's heart as Shadow. Yeah, and will continue to do so for all time. Yeah, the the cast was perfectly. You know, they're great. It's just the the writing was, but I don't think the writing failed. I don't think it was trying to do more than it did. I think it wanted to be 
the movie that we all loved when we were mm-hmm. we were young, and it's just hard to get through now, especially when you don't have like kids with you. I also feel like the writing was molded by the pets' performances. Sure, you, know, you can tell they added lines or mm-hmm. where needed. Tada! Bat Dog was not in the script. I'm yeah. sure. Uh- and when classic in my household. Chance ran into the little sapling tree, said, I meant to do that. I was improv. Great, great moment. So there's, this movie was directed by Dwayne Dunham, who directed Halloween Town, a favorite of ours, Paul Jr. Yeah. Um, okay. I thought I'd get a little more excitement there. Yeah. Uh, but also Little Giants and a few episodes of Twin Peaks back in oh. the day. So I like, I like this guy. Okay, and then before moving on to the second one, I have to bring up the score, which I would say is perhaps the star of the show, even above the animals. I This theme it has stuck with me for my life so far, and I was just so happy to hear it again. I wish we had Robin here to take us through another mindful meditation with this score. Uh, and it was done by Bruce Broughton, who also did the score for the Monster Squad, The Rescuers Down Under... Nice. Uh, and That's a good the, score. the themes for dinosaurs and tiny tunes. Oh, those are really great themes. I don't remember the music. Hang on, I have Spotify. I do remember that now, actually. I don't even need Spotify because Paul Jr. scatting got me there. Yeah, that's. Very it was good. scatting that was sweating violin. Well, and as a seamless transition into the second one, I gotta say, you know, my number one association with that theme is the uh, incredibly engaging return home sequence at the end of the first one, where it's just really swells and you get all the feels. Uh, and then, in compared to the second one, where the swell happens when the dog thieves truck falls backwards into the water is when you get the swell of the sentimental theme so i was like wow this is really a a good comparison for the flavors that these movies have i appreciated that at least homeward bound 2 was doing things this one at least had like other animals talking um i will say though that when because i did not remember this movie at all and when we got to the like truck Mm-hmm. And then we went inside, and there's like this, like cigar chomping. Like half the cast of the Honeymooners is like, "Oh boy!" As soon as we get these dogs, we we're on easy street. Uh, I was baffled mm-hmm. that these characters were showing up in this capacity. Um, this made me made me question the uh, hierarchy of uh, consciousness and animals in this movie. Because in the first one, only the pets and are the only the cats and dogs talk. In the second one, I think it was similar, but they just had more cats and dogs around to talk. I had no problem with the wild animals not talking in the first one, because to me, it was easy enough to make the logic like, well, these are domesticated animals, so they that's where they learned English. Mm, was so they're not like, what, the savages that don't like wear blue drink, blue jeans and drink light beer, Paul? What do you, well, they have no need this colonial to attitude you're taking towards. Oh, what I, are my jeans? <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> We should get you some cute little jeans. I have them. Where are they? They have the little pocket, the little stitching on the pocket. Mm-hmm. It says, put money here. Those do sound cute. Uh, the second one, for me, I, I it became a mess 
like it like it became less special to me that these animals talked when you just like start making every animal talk and you like that the second one to me felt more like a just for kids movie because it was like wacky run around time uh funny action yeah i mean it was based on home alone 2 which i don't think is surprising the the success of home alone 2 got them in on let's put them in the city Uh, you know i got (laughs) notes on the second one but i don't i got notes we don't need the (laughs) oh oh you do because it sounds like you loved it um no i mean i appreciated that it like when the gang of other dogs showed up i was like oh thank god something interesting something's happening we're expanding the world um mm-hmm. minorly like i obviously was still i was still kind of bored through that movie but at least there was sinbad mm-hmm. carla who was apparently in the trailer lawrence fishburne, lawrence fishburne. yeah did you yeah. check that out did you look at that that's one of the yeah it's one of my facts you I sound don't, miserable about that fact. Well, I just I want to I want to get into our disagreement on these movies, oh, okay. but with Paul Jr. here, I don't think you know, I don't want to bore bore him anymore. Too <laughs> right. Oh my god. This if is you the didn't, boring thing I've ever done if, in my whole life. Yeah. If you didn't want to bore Paul Jr., then why did we watch the homeward bound movies? It, well he he was not bored. Well, I guess the there second was so one. much adventure. It was <laughs> It's an incredible journey. When the dog, <laughs> yeah. when the dogs and the cat and the guy together <laughs> made a plan to attack all the people in yeah, that, that little area. Oh, you were awake for that part. And and then they they started setting off these traps and pie in the face. This guy pie in the face. Oh, that must that be a deleted guy. scene. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so funny. It was so funny. <laughs> I really, this time watching these movies, was on a real journey for the plight of the parents, specifically the dad, who I feel like his whole life is now living as a slave to what these pets decide to do. He had to trade that in to get the the dad (laughs) moniker at the end of the first movie. Yeah, and in a completely insane way. I mean, these kids their expectations for life are ruined by what these pets have are are capable of like uh in the second one it it recurred to me that the mom says to them like well they found their way home once they could do it again it's like lady no like (laughs) this isn't what pets do but (laughs) i i really maybe one of them could but the cat again yeah i would have liked i mean i would have it would have ruined the spirit of both films but I kind of wanted for the dad's exasperation to just be exploding by the end of just like when the fourth dog shows up and they're like, dad, can we keep this fourth dog? I just wanted to watch him like go, okay. All right. I give up. Yeah. He's a good man. Yeah. I mean, they're all good people and they're good pets. Well, I Except for Jamie, he was being a dick in the second movie. He's a little boy, I, you know. He's and Chance is kind of a dick. You Chance know. is a dog. Yeah, that's I what understand. dogs do. He's fine. Chance is fine. Well, Chance is that's great. what little boys do. They 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 get bored of taking care of their animals and they go make friends. I'm not saying. Well, it's then little right. boys are going to get a ruler across the knuckles. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> 
and then another thing I wanted to point out is that oh, when, there's more. Oh boy. Well, when <laughs> the dogs escape the kennels in the second one, I was very disturbed at how violent of a crash that broke that kennel apart. I was very concerned for the dog mm-hmm. in that moment. I mean, obviously I know the dog's going to survive because yeah, they just I, don't have a movie, but uh, I was not, I was at no yeah. point concerned for uh, anything in this movie. Cause at mm-hmm. one point the family was sitting in the car singing. Was it being the, the, the witch doctor? Yeah. They were just singing that song like a happy family, which I only recognize that scene in movies when we're making fun of families that do that. Like in Christmas Vacation. So to see it done earnestly, I was like, so I can just kind of put it into neutral and the movie will take me all the way down this hill. They are definitely asking of the audience that they be invested in the pets and just think of the family as secondary. I mean, it's all about getting to that last scene in the first one. And that's why I'm transitioning toward the pitches so we can get closer to being at the end of the two minutes. Pitches are done. No, we're getting there. Uh, should <laughs> this movie mine. have a sequel? I think absolutely no. No, no. The whole no. reason yeah. for the movie is that. <laughs> Definitely. Of course. I would like to see the sequel with the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy in the pies in played, the face. Yeah, played by a dog. Yeah. yeah. Question. Played by a shark. Yeah. The guy. God. And LeBron. LeBron is going to be in it. That's great. Yeah. That's oh. great. He's a, he's huge. All right. Well, hold it on to your pitch power for a little, for a second longer, Paul Jr. Cause I so got it. So it's me. It's LeBron. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on, Jen. Come inside. Shaq is there, of course. Sha- Shaq also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tomboy. It seems, it seems like we're getting it's like. It's just me and the guys. It's really sports heavy, this movie, which is fine. Like, like these are all are you charismatic. Playing? Influential athletes, but uh, the Beach Boys are there. Okay. Oh, oh with okay. Providing the soundtrack. No, we're all playing basketball. <laughs> Ooh, that doesn't sound like anybody's going to win there. LeBron's not going to be a hero for dunking on a sixty-year-old Beach Boy. Oh, LeBron! LeBron and I—we just team up. We just absolutely destroy. <laughs> Obama had no chance. Wow, no chance. Wow, this movie. Oh man, Fleetwood I hope this Mac doesn't win. This... Fleetwood Mac, my pitch is gonna. Fleetwood no Mac is there, and they're pitch. playing the cast of Harry Potter. Wow. Oh man. Okay. From the book. I right. The have book. Stop having you on this show. Oh, the page. Your... They're just playing a bunch of pages in a book. Okay, I don't know what that meant. They're dressed up as book. <laughs> this is. There's the mascots for the teams. Booyah! Cowabunga! <laughs> And that'll be... That's a quote. That's a famous quote from the movie. Cowabunga! Booyah! All right. That does it it for me. Other question. Prequel or sequel? What's the sweet spot? It would almost have to be a prequel, or your sequel needs to happen pretty quickly, because Shadow is not gonna... Yes, and that is why mine is a prequel. Um, nice. I would much because I tried to think of a sequel and moving forward with you know Shadow helping Chance acclimate to being a good boy in the house and blah blah blah. Oh, but I felt like the arc of that would almost then have to be Chance stepping into Shadow's place, and I don't want to see that. I usually go dark with my pitches, but not that dark. I can't. I can't do that. I can't lose. Shadow. Not gonna Charlotte's Web it. So no. Could no. just do a sequel with time travel, idiots. 
<laughs> well, that is a fair point, but that sounds think, interesting at least. Okay, see the, you know, the case in point. These guys seem to think up the wackiness is the way to go. I think, I think it's the opposite. And okay, so no, I, keep I'm it gonna, real. Keep it real. I'm, <laughs> Something is keeping Peter from coming to me, so I'm going to go to him. It's called Honor Bound, the story oh, of... Oh, horrible. The, no, the story of Young Shadow. Honorable boy. Anyway, it's about... I'm going to really try to breeze through this. It's about Young Shadow. He's a pup. He comes from a litter on a farm. Nice old couple. Uh, they take them to town to, you know, sell the puppies. Puppies for sale. Shadow gets adopted by a man played by Ethan Hawke, who is a criminal by trade and who uses Shadow's loyalty and his uh, affinity for it, getting a, a sense of things and just being a darn good, wonderful dog to help him with his life of crime. He's sort of a lookout and will bark, uh, you know, give Ethan Hawke signals when it's time to stop robbing someone's home. So Shadow is unaware of the fact that uh, he's helping with something bad and he just loves his master. Also, another member of the criminal team's dog is a lady dog. They have a romance. Then uh, when it turns out Ethan Hawke is planning on robbing the farmhouse from which Shadow came, he recognizes his old home and his old owners and cannot bring himself to be a part of it, sort of puts it together ultimately aids in helping Ethan Hawke get caught and then is taken away from his girlfriend dog, put into the shelter. And then we watch him meet young Peter when uh, the mother comes in with her uh, very young little Peter. And then we watch them uh, uh, come together and that's honor bound. That's very Beljean of shadow. Didn't make Mm. any sense. (laughs) (laughs) What was your, what what are your notes? Oh my god, I could go on. Uh-huh. First of all, who are any of these people? I mean, <laughs> well, you know, never me. heard of them. Shadow? Okay, Shadow, I know. The rest of them, what are they from? What sports do they excel at? I mean, Ethan Hawke's an actor. Okay, how is he a basketball? <laughs> what are the points? How many points are you putting up on the board? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what the people want to know. Pippa, you're not a wider. Okay. As a wider, I can tell you, you gotta choose celebrities. Otherwise, no one's gonna see it. And they gotta be sports. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't wanna hang out with them. And obviously, I'm gonna star. Okay, it definitely sounds like we'll be doing Air Bud for the next Paul Jr. episode. Um, but Oof. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody else uh, ready to pitch? Well, what I like about your pitch, Paul, oh. is I feel like it gives a really nice organic. Uh, reason for the dog to be named Shadow. Like if he hangs out in the shadows yeah. or whatever, he's like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I, I also kind of like that uh, e- Ethan Hawke at the end, it was just like, yeah, and he went to jail because he's yeah. a criminal. No, Shadow didn't save him. Well, he was like, oh, fuck that guy. He's a criminal. To some extent, I do want for there to be some conflict in Ethan Hawke, who's always been bad. I want Shadow to pull at his heartstrings and make him want to be good, you know. But still, somewhat, but he's get still caught and go to jail. Yeah, but you he didn't even there. have him skateboarding. <laughs> I, well, you don't know true. that, Paul Jr. Yeah, I mean, you I, don't know that. You know, Tony Hawk did not have him skateboard. Oh, we know should what? get Tony Hawk recast. 
Yeah, that's much better. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm, I, I can go next. Not one me? Impossible. Mine <laughs> takes place uh, like four months after the first one. Um, the Seavers are just having a lovely breakfast, you know, having some family time. Bang! The door bursts open. Who comes in? It's Jean Smart. And she is wet and ragged and dirty and covered in cuts. Mm. She comes in, she slams her fist on the table, and she's like, thanks for telling me you found your pets, fuckers! And then, rewind, she's been looking for the animals out in the wilderness this whole time. So you see her, like, tracking them, and, like, finding clues. She comes across the old man who saves Sassy, and, like, fights him because he just lets the cat run away. Hmm. Um, into the wilderness, after almost dying. It's basically the edge. But with only Gene Smart. Sure. Yeah, it takes on the bear at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The mountain lion. Mm. Um, so basically the whole movie is just like showing her journey, her incredible journey, if you will. Trying to find the pets that she uh, was responsible for and let get lost. Wow. Do you have a title? Yeah. Wilderness Bound or like Homeward Bound, Lost and Found. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. I like that as a title. Thoughts, Paul Jr.? I liked the part that had the edge from you too, but <laughs> the rest of it didn't seem to make any sense. Okay. Because for you to be looking for a bunch of animals or whatever, I mean, you got you would just be sitting inside Googling where are the animals. I I feel like your life experience is clouding your um, understanding of the situation. You've got a pretty easy that's life, a, Paul Jr. You have an easy a, wife, a, idiot! Okay. Um, My wife is so yeah. hot. Okay. You know how hard it is Travis, day in, day out? Travis, just go ahead favorite. with your pitch. This is going to... You, yeah. you, you, you do have an easy life, though, Paul. I mean, so do you, Paul Jr., but, you know... You have an easy life, Tarbus. Hey, guys! Guys, wait up! Wait up! I'm coming! So mine is a prequel, and it is set in the year... 1863 there's an american bulldog um who is sort of a like okay so this is in like let's just say new york let's keep it easy new york what's that there's (laughs) it's like uh i don't even have a funny bit prepared for the city oh like it's like neptune it's like neptune um and he is in their like little doggy gang um sort of like the reverend of the group hmm. uh he and he goes by caster and he is well respected he's sort of like a shadow type character hmm. um but he has a rivalry with a shadow was a lab right mm-hmm. golden he has retriever. a rivalry golden retriever golden retriever yeah he has a rivalry with a with a, a an aggressive angry lab called dustbin who and they're both vying for control of the territory of this burrows there was an ash can, I believe, in the second one. That's yeah, this isn't that, though. Favorite. This is Dustbin. <laughs> Got it. Um, and so the opening scene sees a big battle, like a big, like, gang, like, dog fight Ugh. between between all these, like, you know, because it's like, it's like, you know, newsies and stuff. They're all, like, fighting for the territory. Um, and the big rivalry is between Caster and Dustbin. We see Dustbin kills Caster, and he's controlling. He controls all these other gangs. It's the five gangs... It's uh, and I have I have names for them. We'll get to them later. So what we don't know is that when we see Castor die, we see his adopted daughter 
a, a nameless cat hiding and witnessing all of this. Oh. Yeah. So the cat is it runs off and is raised in like the equivalent of a of an orphanage. Um, and when she comes of age, she leaves and she's going to get she's going to get revenge on Castor for killing her her, you know, Reverend D father. So she goes in and like it gets under the wing of Dustbin as kind of like her his protege. And she doesn't have a name, uh, but the Reverend Castor just always called her Lassie because because he's Irish and she's a girl. So that's what that's our sassy connection. She's Lassie. Oh. And also like adopted by dogs, so she has a dog name. It's pretty clever. Um, okay. And so then we see we're kind of seeing her work her way gang wise up through the ranks to get close with him and earn his trust. He celebrates his victory over Castor every year, and he and that's when she's going to try and kill him. And then of course it gets complicated because she gets close to him because he's a father figure and stuff, and she's young and messed up, and he's he's controlling like all of these boroughs, so he's getting into the like crime the the politics the local dog politics or whatever but he's kind of it's like organized crime and stuff um and then you know eventually of course like at the end she will exact her revenge um because dustbin is just a bad dude but she'll feel very conflicted about it and then she'll just kind of like integrate into a burgeoning new country wow and going on and finding her own her own uh life uh it's called homeland bound the incredible beginning these and obviously at some well, well, I don't know if we have to establish it or not, but these are the ancestors of the animals we know and love later. Uh, and the five gangs are called the Diamond Dogs, uh huh, the Pariah Dogs, the Plague Dogs, the Cat Burglars, and the last one is the Dead Rabbits because uh, that was the name of the gang in Gangs in New York, and this is just the plot of Gangs in New York, but I put the Homeward Bound animals in it. That sounded familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Spoilers. So boring. <laughs> <laughs> take it up with Scorsese. Yeah. Huh. Oh. Well, we can take it up with you since we listen <laughs> to you. You know, I think that this is a movie you should play with and write as its own thing. Perhaps keep it away from my homeward bound universe i uh i even got a little even though it was very clear they were playing uh uncomfortable with the dogs fighting in the second one um so i don't know oh, i don't gonna, need any pet violence you're gonna hate hate the opening scene of yeah. this movie i already do <laughs> yeah i hate right. the whole thing yeah okay i guess let's yeah. just yeah we'll vote yeah you don't have our votes travis no i can tell i can tell i yeah. didn't go yet well, I thought you, uh, LeBron and Harry Potter and the pages. That's just part of it. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh yay. There's more. So it's called Home Alone 2. <laughs> Paul Jr. and Neptune. Neptune. Uh, so it's me and the boys and the gang and everyone from there. And then the uh, we're all on space, right? Space Jam? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's where Neptune is. Actually, I did go already. Yeah, you went already, <laughs> and, but it's called Home Alone 2, Lost in Neptune. That's yeah. the title. Yeah. All right. And I obviously I can sense there's a lot of, like, you know, Philistines from the sidewalk booing my movie. But before we all vote, let's remember, if we don't vote carefully, Pecorny's going to walk away with another W. Mm -hmm. It'll have nothing to do with my awesome pitch, right? Hmm. White. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I guess we'll vote in order of I guess you pitched first, so who's your vote go to? Me. You can't vote for yourself. 
Okay, I vote for LeBron. Okay, he didn't pitch. Call him. Call him, guys. Pitch. Yeah, my name starts with an L. I think he means me. All right. Uh, me. Okay, so you have to vote for me, Tarvis, or what do you think Lauren's name is? Larvis? <laughs> okay. Me, Tarvis, or Larvis? <sighs> who's, who's offering the most cash? Me. Me. Okay, prepare. Feels like uh, when the person in control of keeping the other person alive, it feels like the vote might be uh, weighted. Well, you guys could have offered more cash. (laughs) You can give us a chance. Uh, Paul Jr. gave us every opportunity (laughs) to give him cash and spaghetti. (laughs) Mm, I'll take the L. I like my chances with the other two votes. I think I could still win this. My vote... um... Me, 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 me. Me, me, me. for Paul. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. Vote for Paul Jr. Okay, we have Paul Jr. I uh, guess for, Paul Jr. for the sake of not making my household miserable, I will vote for Paul Jr. Booyah! See, this, this, it feels like it's not the cream rising, you know? It feels like the votes are very political. Mm-hmm. Very motivated by comfort, and not by who successfully adapted classic cinema the best. Yeah, I like it too. Who's next? <laughs> um, I'm gonna vote for Travis. What? Travis. I I think that sounds cool. Oh, no. <laughs> cool. Oh cool. Uh, all right. We're gonna have the Clash. The Clash is gonna do the music. How is all that right. better mm-hmm. than the beat? Boys and Fleetwood Mac not doing music but acting in mind. Ah, shit, it's not actually. Next question. <laughs> um, Hard to beat that Fleetwood Mac thing. I'm going to have Kate Bush. Who do you vote for? Paul's. Hey! Peter, you're okay. <laughs> Peter, oh, I'm so happy. Hello. I thought about you all the time. You could have made it a because, four-way tie. Because I vote... With integrity for the best idea when I'm not allowed to vote for myself. It's still a tie, though. No, 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 because you have you have Paul Jr.'s vote, so you have two votes. You oh, win. that's right. I, I bought think, my I vote. I have two votes. Yes. Oh, I don't have to make Paul Jr.'s poster. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to vote based on Paul having to make these posters. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, well, does anybody have any unsung heroes for these movies? Hit it, Paul Jr. <laughs> Unsung hero. Switch. The guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is Tiger from the second oh, the movie. Kitty. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was devastated whenever I saw that house was on fire because yeah, I knew that cat was inside. Nuts. I can't believe how, uh, I mean, that guy tossing his cigars every stop. Full cigars. He had like three cigars in one day. He's going to be dead in a week. Yeah. Also, that business model. I mean, I really hope that there aren't people in the world driving around in a big van just grabbing dogs and throwing them in to sell to labs. Like, does this mean laboratories don't care where they get their animals from? They're just like... I'm sure there are labs that do try to do it ethically. But when you're like conducting experiments on a living being i'm not sure how far your empathy extends to where it came from true i even like they even went as far as to have the back of that truck smeared with what looked like dog poop 
I thought for a kid's movie, that was pretty rough. Well, I was wondering what keeps those animals from tearing one another apart in the back seat as the drivers just drive around in the heat yelling at them. <laughs> what was the line? It was like, I hate dogs. If they weren't worth so much money, I'd kill them all. Or yeah, was- which is an odd level of villainry to give the, you know, poopy pants Cruella, Cruella DeVille henchman for this child's movie. Yeah. Could have gone with more comeuppance for that level of evil at the end, honestly. It's a bit odd. Yeah. They arguably drown in a van, so... Well, yeah, but he they're, the no, no, they're, they've already run, they're already trying to climb a fence to get away from the dogs. Oh. Somewhere else. Could, could go either way. Hmm. Guess they could be I... torn to two shreds by the lovable Cinda. dog gang <laughs> yeah, that we've come to know and love. Carla Gugino definitely went through the throat. Yeah. She was an adventure dog. Yeah. Um, I was... I. It didn't happen, but every time... They showed up. I wish that the music from was it Halloween Six played with the two goofy cops, oh. mm-hmm. and like suddenly there's like wacky music. Yeah. Well, listeners will know. Sure. Boo, gonna scare ya. Boo, it's Halloween. Halloween Six, and I'm Pajunia. That song. <laughs> yeah, paid a minute for that back in the day. That that's the theme song from Halloween Six. I was referring to a later specific score, but that is that is the theme song from Halloween Six. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, any other heroes? Any for you, Tarbus? No. Okay. I, I <laughs> no None. wrote down... I mean, I have several, but I'm just going to stick uh, with one for each movie. In the first one, when um, Peter goes to the uh, police station to try to get them to look for the cops, or for the pets, and the cops like, we're busy, you, you can't bother us with this. There's a prisoner with a really tall mohawk Looks like he's from like the first Ninja Turtles movie, and he's struggling against the uh, the handcuffs as he's walked by the child. <laughs> I really enjoyed what he brought to the scene because it wasn't a scene about how rough prison life is. It was just it was just an innocent kid. That's at- the guy. <laughs> That's you. That's me. That's the guy. Oh, I. You know what? I. <clears throat> yeah. I do remember as he was being carted away he was saying you don't understand the animals are lost out there yeah. <laughs> you gotta help them I improved that <laughs> improv. they, they didn't even want me to do any of that they were like we don't want you in this scene but I went in there I improved all of that brilliant it worked yeah brilliant. it yeah, worked you made my list I really like in that scene that Peter seemed to know once that was revealed he's talking about animals he won't get help but he, he, I guess he thinks if he makes the cop take down enough information first, when he says, like, well, it's a dog, he'd go, ah, all right, we'll go looking. Yeah. As if the I already started writing the ticket logic applies for helping you as well. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, and then my unsung here for the second one was the man in the lovely fedora whose French poodle, voiced by <laughs> Tress McNeil, was almost stolen by Joey Jr., um, and then he comes back out and goes, can I have my dog back, please? Like, I love that. He was like, yeah. well, you're obviously in the middle of stealing my dog. Yeah. You don't seem to be doing it and I'm not going to fight you, yeah, I'm, but I'm an we're old done man. here, right? Yeah. May I please have my dog back? Can I appeal to your sense of <laughs> humanity, sir? Better luck next time, I guess. Yeah. yeah I like that. My uh, unsung hero has got to be Chandler. <laughs> he's so funny could he 
be any funnier. <laughs> but it's what, yeah, I said that. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was your joke. That was your bit. Yeah, I just said that. Oh, look. Podcast. Yeah, look, Paul Jr. There's They got mozzarella in the shot. Oh, yum. <laughs> okay, let's move away from that uh, awkwardness uh, real quick. Where's mozzarella? I just see a cat. Oh, okay. That's not as awkward as I thought. <laughs> I thought you wanted to eat the cat. Yeah, and pasta and fries. And pasta and fries. All right, well, we'll see about getting you some pasta and fries um, as we wrap it up right now. Uh, the two minutes is just about done. There's a couple things from the season that I would consider things left on the table. Let's get these things off the table. One, she's all that. Two, or he's all that, is also going to, uh, breaking news, is also going to feature Matthew Lillard reprising his role as Brock Hudson. Big news. Two, in listing the other sequels for the Back to the Future episode, I forgot there is a scene with Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown in the Seth MacFarlane comedy A Million Ways to Die in the West. So that technically counts. He's in the Old West. Um, And then going all the way back to our Dumb and Dumber 2 episode in the first season, this has been bothering me for a while, I incorrectly stated that they show no prejudice in the first one in comparison to the second, but Lloyd (laughs) does show prejudice toward an elderly woman uh, on a motorized cart. Uh, So what an odd correction to make. Well, I think all this this time later. Yeah. I, well, it, it, it it bugs me because I, I, while I do love that movie um, and feel it's not as problematic as it could be, doesn't mean that it's, entirely without issues so on behalf of that comedy i apologize okay let's just go into plugs uh anything to plug paul jr send me checks i'm having a big (laughs) birthday bash money required to get in it's the party is about 7 p.m to 701 and we have to bring checks to get in your your birthday's not till august uh this is probably going to be coming out Big birthday yeah. bash tomorrow night. Come on over. Bring your money. Bring your wallet. Whenever you're listening to this, listener, whatever day it happens to be, just tomorrow, go on over to Paul Jr.'s. Bring a no, check. It's my Come home. Also, don't invite Sorry, people. Sorry, go, go on over to yeah. go over to Paul's place. <laughs> Welcome bring a check. Time nope. To wave your money and nope. check at the door. Don't knock or even try to come in. Let, let's get the address out there. Yeah, guys, let's hit that. Let's hit that address. The address is fourteen twenty nine Marinara Street. Okay, that's fine. Go there if that exists. Find that place. Bother them. What? We need to move to Marinara Street. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk about that off mic. Uh, Anything for you guys? I know there's something. Um, I have a website where I make custom Funkos, lolascustomfunkos.com, and they're real good. So, you know, I can do whatever. Stop on by. Thanks. Mm -hmm. For sure, you should listen to The Hotel, Season 3, which is first episode's out. Second episode coming out, if this is Monday, mm-hmm. friends, it's coming out on Friday. Woo! Woo! So plenty of time to catch up wherever podcasts are sold, The Hotel. And then also, you know what? Give a listen to uh, Theater of Tomorrow while you're at it, our sister science fiction podcast. More of those coming soon, too. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we will... You're welcome. S- 
We will see you in season three eventually, and perhaps uh, for some adventures even before then, if we just can't wait to do this again. But uh, thanks again for listening to the whole season. Paul Jr., thanks for being here. We're uh, done. Yeah, we're done. Never. Yeah, it's over. Terrible. Okay. Well, the show's so bad. All right, buddy. The show's yeah, over. Thanks for listening. Send your money in on the webcast.